my friend, your role as a father is critical. You are so important. Three nuggets you will get out of today's conversation are one, what is true transformation? Two, how do I pursue growth? And three, what does it mean to create a life of presence? Welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 10 to 17, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 20th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, and I am working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. This episode is brought to you by The Adventure of Fatherhood, helping men discover their powerful fatherhood role and build their fatherhood skills. The role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, find joy and have fun in the messiness of it all. Today is going to be a fun, unique podcast. I'm going to share a reflection on the most transformative moments for me in 2023. How do I plan for a new year? And what are the major rocks for 2024 for me and why? I started off with talking about 2023 and transformation and growth and presence. Now, let me start by just giving you a couple of things. I turned 40 this past year. I've owned my own business since 2008, insurance, employee benefits. I have an incredible team that helps me run the business, give me some free time to work on projects such as this. And over the past, I'd say seven years, one of the critical components that has helped my growth and helped me create freedom is tracking my time. I track all my time in a Google Sheet. It started when I was just in sales. I would track, you know, how much time did I spend creating proposals versus making phone calls? Kind of basic, right? And start to figure out, well, if I spend more time making phone calls, then I'm going to make more sales. Start to compare that to what my income was, etc. But as time progressed, I started realizing, and I'd say I heard a podcast from Rob Deerdick about tracking all aspects of my life from my sleep to my connection to my wife, to my time with my kids, to just having fun and enjoying life. A key component being helpful for me tracking my time was in 2022, when I turned 39, I decided I was going to go on this year-long journey of getting the best shape of my life before I turned 40, which I did last year. That's going to be one of the things I share. But at the end of 2022, when I did a reflection of my time, right, I looked at 2022, one thing that really stuck out to me is that I spent a really good portion of my time tracking food and tracking workouts, a good portion of my time. And I noticed that the intentional time with my wife was just under 5%. And so a key component for me in tracking my time is it helps me to go, like, if you were to ask me, hey, are you a good husband? I would say, oh my gosh, yes, totally. Because I would have done it maybe because I think I am or because I'm comparing to a neighbor. But when you actually look at a tracking, whether it's you're tracking actual time or maybe you're tracking dates or maybe you're tracking every day, I don't do this, but you could, you know, how's my connection to my wife feel between a one and a 10? And then start to look back over the months. It's like, whoa, why are some of these months or weeks threes and others are sevens? What's happening? So whatever you're tracking, if you say something matters to you, 
and you track it with intention, it will grow. And I mean, I'll give you a great example of this. I started tracking more financial, like net worth and understanding of cash flow, et cetera, about three years ago. And I just evaluated the increase percentage wise was wild. I never would have guessed that things would have grown to such a level, but it's from tracking and paying attention and having attention around it. So my primary goal coming into 2023 was that I set a goal to double my percentage of time with my wife. It was my primary goal. Now I'm ending the year landing right at 10%. So I really want you to hear this if you decide like, I don't really care hear about Ned's year. As you're thinking about 2024, if you set an intention for your year, if you set a focus and you check in on it monthly, you're going to hit it or get damn near close or at least way closer than on day one. So check it out. Say I hit 8%. It's not a fail. It was more intentional than the year prior. I saw a lack. Now, I will also say like if you were to sit Sarah and I down or she was in here, this has been one of the hardest years. As I lean into our marriage and our connection, there has been some incredible connections, incredible trips and time together. And then there's been this new level of like, we're coming into 20 years and our kids are not needing us to the same level. And she's doing self-development. I'm doing self-development. Like we're working on how we show up as humans, as people, as parents. When you do that, there creates more conflict. And so working through those moments, but set intention around what matters. Now, the thing that I would say I overall learned more deeply or more clearly in 2023 is that, I mean, I turned 40, so it felt like this pivotal moment, but transformation, here's what it is. Okay, transformation is over a lifetime. Okay, and it's nice to reflect on seasons. So we're gonna reflect on 2023, but transformation happens over a lifetime. And there's a difference. There's a difference between the perfect morning routine and perfect discipline and transformation. Now, I believe that discipline such as morning routine or hitting the gym every day or tracking your time with your wife, those things can be a check it off the list, okay? And if you just do it to check it off the list, you're still gonna get some good results, but it's not necessarily true transformation. Transformation isn't just an action on the outside, it's a heart change, It's a belief change and that will come through discipline, but it is not the same thing. If I choose to transform my body, I go to the gym every day. As soon as I hit the target, that's why you see a lot of people do like a 90 day or 75 day transformation. And then you see them a year later and they look different because they just committed to a discipline for that period of time. They didn't commit to transformation. They didn't realize that they're different things. So that's really a key thing I learned this year is there are moments where my morning routine or my weekly discipline, it's not that it failed me, it's that it wasn't the answer to what I needed. What do you mean, Ned? Okay, here's a great example. Remember a few months ago, Sarah and I had gotten in a big fight. It was it was awful. It was the day I recorded a podcast with Chris Bruno, and we talk about it. So if you're curious, it was phenomenal. So I woke up Friday morning just so like zero energy, like the fight the night before was just, just carried into this, just weight, just this weight of, oh, oh, this hurts. This is a lot. And my morning routine couldn't save me. I couldn't journal. I couldn't read my Bible. I couldn't do a workout. So I had my cup of coffee and I was sitting in my, this rocking chair I have in the backyard. And I was just like, yo, God, I need help. I can't, I can't solve this on my own. 
change my heart. I want to feel love, compassion, connection. And God's so cool. That day I had this podcast with Chris. And when we started the podcast, I was like, yo, I'm just in a terrible place, you know, feeling like terrible. And I'm probably dramatic. But anyways, we just dug into it. And we had this amazing conversation, which shed a bunch of light on what was happening and how I was showing up and my responsibility in the matter. So transformation, that's what I mean by transformation is an inside out thing. But you do have to start with the things on the outside and move towards the transformation. Okay, so now I'm going to share five key transformational moments from my year, why they were transformational as we lean into the year. So like we know, okay, a year ago, I went into 2023 with a primary focus of spending time with my wife. Obviously, things like growing business, have an impact around fatherhood, definitely didn't hit all my goals. If I had, I probably wouldn't have set high enough goals, but had an incredible year nonetheless. So here's five things. Number one, is leaning more into rest. And I think in periods of time, I I could be good. So here's an example. January took my family to Europe for two weeks, which was like a lifetime moment. It was the wrong timing as far as like really financially. We had just moved into a house a year prior, but there's this writing on the wall from doing some kind of like reflection with the family that, whoa, 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 Brooklyn's going to be a senior next year. And there's not always going to be this time where she lives in our house to go on family trips. And so we go, this is time. We got to do this. Like if this is important, we got to go do this. So carving out two weeks to go and just get lost with my family and rest through exploration and not tied to my laptop or my phone or doing a podcast or whatever it is. Rest is critical. And during that time, you start to see things that really matter to you. And it was a great way to start our year developing connection with the family. And I still, let me just check, I think, yes, I still have this picture on my phone from a year ago of my oldest daughter, Brooklyn, right? She's a senior now. She was 16 at the time and she's a teenager. She's a teenager and we have fun and we're connected. But there was this moment where we went out, me, her and her sister, and we went out like 10 o'clock at night to see the Eiffel Tower. And then we went to this little cafe and had uh, hot chocolates. And then we're just running down the street at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, just having fun. And I snapped this photo of her jumping in the air and clicking her heels, like something silly. So in this moment of rest, this moment of disconnection from the day to day, let's even call it that disconnection, you start to see the things that matter most. It's so easy to wake up each day with the list, with the goal of, I want to impact a thousand men, whatever your goal may be. I want to double my income. Some of these things that are easy to fall into. I realized that I need to carve out space to disconnect and rest. And it will remind me of the things that matter most. And so family trip, really, really important. And you know what? I'm going to add a second one onto this right now a trip that we took also kind of last minute. Something I realized this last year, as I have seen my other four kids, there's these moments of like, don't talk about Brooklyn moving out. Don't talk about it. There's been these moments where I've had conversations with them going, guys, lean in. The friends that you're hanging out with right now, you may or may not be friends with them in 20, 30, 40 years. The people I hung out with in middle school and high school, I'm friends with just like a couple of them. And it's rare that I'm spending a lot of time with them. But if I think back to that time, my brother still connected to me and I would love to spend more time with my brother. And I hadn't really thought about it. But when I see like, okay, Brooklyn and Violet, the older two, Violet saying, who am I going to talk to at 10 o'clock at night when Brooklyn is not here? She's at college. And me saying, hey, cultivate that relationship so that 
when you're 25, 30, 35, 40, you're still really good friends. And I think for my brother and I, there's been times where we're just so focused on our families and our businesses that we haven't carved out time. And so it's become more aware to me that I want to invest in that relationship. Like I'm 40, he's 38. So Brooklyn moving out has been a real eye-opener of the relationships that are most important to me and that I want to invest in those. For my 40th, this plan to do something with a bunch of people fell through and thank God it did. And my wife came to me with this like last minute idea of let's go to Ireland. And again, it wasn't like the right timing or financially, but we made it happen. And it was me and my wife and my brother and his wife. And it was like this epic, beautiful time of leaving a pub at 2 a.m., running through the streets, laughing, having a great time connecting with my brother and me realizing that that relationship is critical for me. Okay. The second thing, transformation, going to the marriage, I was going to a men's event, like a men's front row dad. Okay. So front row dad, incredible. John Broman's got a podcast and does a couple of retreats a year and an annual event all out in Texas. And I was on my way to a trip in Utah with them. And on my drive there, I'm having this conversation with God. I'm like, yo, I want to prepare my mind and heart for this event. This isn't like a Christian faith-based event, but I'm going knowing that I want to get something out of it and take it home. And on the way there, God's like, yo, remember, I want you to go all in on Sarah. Like Sarah's the number one thing. So go have fun with these dudes, invest with these dudes. But your primary goal right now is to go all in on your wife. At that event, this guy talked about doing something a hundred days in a row. And so when I came home, I started a little blog for Sarah and I wrote a love letter to her for a hundred days in a row. What's funny is as I think back to it, you know, because when I told her and I gave it to her, it's almost like it was less for her. I mean, I think she was happy and she has those to go back and look at, but I think it was really for me to go a hundred days because think about it, dude, if you're married, I mean, on day five, I was like, eh, I don't really want to do this. She irritated me or whatever. So it was this me knowing her, understanding her, seeing her more clearly, way more clearly. I mean, if I think about our 19 years of being married together, we've had five kids and moved multiple times. And just like you guys, right? Like everybody's got their story. There's been such a focus on just, okay, this for the kid or this for the next house or this for the job or this how to pay stuff. Sometimes you're not as intentionally focused on each other. And so it was a hundred days of me really some days wrestling with, okay, I know I'm irritated, but let's do this. Or days where I'm busy and I'm like, hang on, pause. I got to think of my wife. So I think of her. I mean, even just before this podcast, I actually just sent her a text like, yo, I love you so much. Thanks for doing so much for our family. So there's like a, this deeper awareness um, about her and not just her as my wife, but her as a human, her as a person, her as her own dreams, goals, desires, ambitions. And so that was a very transformative thing for me on uh, this last year was to create some intention around writing her a love letter every day. My friends, sorry for this quick interruption. However, somewhat sadly, I get more questions from dudes about fitness than I do about fatherhood. But what I found is that the fathers who start taking care of their fitness and nutrition end up finding fatherhood, marriage, work, and all other aspects of life come into a deeper clarity of purpose, enjoyment, and fulfillment. Now, I've partnered with Rise Up Kings to launch 
Ruck Fitness, a transformative program that is less focused on a six-pack in 90 days and more focused on you creating the habits, mindset, and lifestyle that will allow you to be a healthy asset to your family for decades. Come join me in a transformative journey to become the man you want to see in the mirror. Go check it out, www.rebellandcreate.com forward slash fitness. Now back to the show. Okay, physical transformation. Obviously, I've done a couple podcasts on this. I've talked about it when I turned 39. I'm like, I want to get in the best shape of my life. People could do it in 90 days. It's possible. It took me a year. And I'll tell you, there's this moment, a specific moment, where I remember it being so hard. I remember really wrestling with food. You know, I thought this thing was going to be this just workout, like I love to work out. I also love to snack and eat food. But what I realized is food was what I would do when I was stressed. And I'm stressed a lot. All of us are. But if I was in the middle of a work day or whatever, since I have a decent metabolism, I would go in and I'd get a snack or I'd eat this or I'd eat too many cookies or I'd eat too much candy or whatever. And so what's crazy is that this physical transformation turned into really spiritual. I have really become disciplined and transformed in areas of lust is not a problem. I think for the most part, lying isn't a problem. Although I do think that there's areas I can be full of crap, which I'll talk about in a minute. I felt like I'd really been disciplined in a lot of areas, but there's a thing is disciplined, not necessarily transformed. And so there's a specific moment, like I was saying, there was this specific moment where I was trying to hit my lowest weight and it's like, I just couldn't quite get there. And I kept kind of like messing up, meaning like I would go five, six, seven, eight days and then I would just freaking binge eat. So I was walking around the corner of my house and I'm walking under the street light. I've got my weight vest on. I'm like, yo, God, I just, I need your help here. I can't do this on my own. I can't just discipline my way through this. If I see a cookie, I remember being on a podcast with my friend and telling him, dude, I know right now where the candy corn is and where the Snickers are and where this, that, and the other are. And he's like, that sounds like a drug addict. And he was kind of right. And I'll tell you this last Halloween, I didn't eat any candy corn just to show myself like, yo, that doesn't have a hold on my life. I know that sounds crazy, but I love candy corn. I had other candy, right? So I'm not depriving myself and being crazy, but if the cookie's not good, I don't have to finish it. My kids bake cookies all the freaking time. I don't have to eat five. I could eat one. So during that physical transformation, there was actually a spiritual transformation around what am I turning to when I need comfort? What am I turning to when I'm stressed? So that physical transformation led to so much more around me having a better understanding of like, what do I do when I'm stressed or frustrated? Am I turning to something that just kind of comforts me like a food right now? Or am I able to think, sit, pray, and do something else that is going to be better for me? Basically, because I'm deciding that, right? I'm choosing that. Okay, the next thing, which was supposed to be four, it's actually number five, because I talked about the trip with my brother. But I'm part of this group called Rise Up Kings. It's incredible. I went to their first three-day transformation event. I was actually went through their very first beta event, and that was in January 2020. And they've created lots of other events since then. I've been a part of some of them, but not, not to two of their more intense events. And so I went to two this year. And one of them was just recently. So I kind of put these in order. My wife and I went to this five-day transformational marriage. Can't even call it a retreat. It's 12 couples. 
we did not want to go. I mean, I remember we had to fly out on Wednesday and I remember Tuesday or Wednesday and I was like telling my mentor, Nathan, dude, I hope something happens where this cancels. We don't want to go. She doesn't want to go. I don't want to go. There's a bunch of stuff going on at the house. Our kids have a lot on their plate. We don't want to go. We don't want to go. I mean, it was even to the point where it's like, I do. I love this kind of stuff. Sarah, not so much. So it was like, okay, I feel like in some level, I'm dragging her to something she doesn't want to do. But at the end of the event, we both said, we cannot imagine going another year without having these tools. And it's not even like we weren't there on this last straw, not at all, not at all. We went actually, once we kind of got going, we're like, yeah, we'll, we'll have fun, we'll connect, whatever. But the opportunities that were carved out in front of us to talk about our expectations, to reflect on parts of our marriage, to talk about our dreams, goals, and desires, to see each other, to really on a deep level. I mean, five days of intense sort of like programming or workshop and then evenings of dinner and conversation and connection. It was incredible. So I encourage you guys, if you are looking at your life, money and time, you'll never have enough of it. You will never have enough. And I know when you see these things, you're like, I don't know how I'd make that work. It was a pain in the freaking ass. It was a pain in the ass. We had to fly to Texas. Travel sucked. Our kids being home. It was not easy was not easy and it wasn't cheap to do. But I'll tell you, man, I remember a moment there was this influencer that I really respected, really respected. And I opened up Instagram one day and they had done a post about, hey, we're getting divorced. It's all good. They try to really spin it like whatever. And I'm like, dude, I never, as much as possible, I never want to be there. Not because I want to look like a failure, not at all. I mean, I don't want to fail, but what's at stake? This marriage is critical for my children, for my children's children, for my children's children's children. Like this matters. This matters so much. And so to invest in your marriage is critical. Now, let me see. Okay, Ned, you told us about this event. What's something transformative that you could share with us from the event? Okay. One of those great moments was what unspoken expectations or agreements are there? So we went through and it's little things. Sarah shared when I go on a trip and I come home and the house isn't like this. We laugh, we joke, we have an unsaid agreement, but this is what I want. And so I can go, yes, I agree to that or no, I don't. So like moments like that were critical. These little things that can cause resentment or frustration over long periods of time. And then I'll be real open here with you is there's this moment that we're connecting and talking And they had done this teaching on commitment. It's like a ladder of commitment, essentially. How all in are you on this marriage? I mean, if you asked me beforehand, I'd be like, I am 100% all in, all in. And through that, we had a long conversation after. And she said, hey, there's areas that I feel like you're not all in on. As I sat and reflected, she was right. There's this past pain that I had from just previous relationship that set it up where I had sort of put this little barrier up that if if shit hit the fan, I would walk and be okay. So there's this little tiny barrier that doesn't allow for like full connection. And so we got to sit there and her share that with me and then me be able to reflect on that and find truth in it and then be able to work on that, be able to go, man, I don't want, I don't want that to be true. And I don't want you to feel that way. And guys, if we don't pause and allow ourselves to see blind spots, those things can live forever. There's so many unsaid little things that don't allow us to have full depth of connection with another human being and our spouse should be this critical one. Um, okay, now, oh my gosh. Okay, the fifth 
thing, kind of my brother. So the sixth thing was another Rise Up Kings event that I had gone to this year. There's 42 guys there. I think it fluctuates with at my event. There's 42. I'm telling you, again, it, it costs money and, and it didn't make sense time or money wise. And there's probably other things I would like to do, like go on some sick ass hunting trip or whatever. But the things I learned at this event called The Forge, I can't even tell you. I can't imagine going through life without seeing some blind spots. And one of the blind spots, again, you know, putting yourself in these situations. I mean, guys, there's this moment we're doing this game that it's like purposely putting you to pull out the worst in you. And it's so free and open. I straight up put hands on this dude because I didn't like how he was doing something. And in the moment, it was like, oh, shit. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? Like, so then it's not like shame on you, Ned, for doing that. It's like, okay, cool. You got pushed to a limit. Where else is this showing up in your life? And it was, let me, oh my, it's all coming to me right now. So we're doing this game and I didn't like how this dude was leading. And I was one of the ones who chose him as a leader. So I should have just followed and trusted him, but I didn't, I didn't trust him. So I literally got so frustrated in this game that I put my hand on him and like pushed him to the side, basically like dethroning him going like, dude, you suck at this. In the moment, I pause. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe this, dude. I'm really, really sorry. 30 seconds later, then I cursed because I got so mad again. And again, there was no judgment. I was like, F this. It's terrible. It's terrible. So then after, I mean, oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. I had to go and apologize to this dude after. And he's like, no worries. You know, like everybody was just losing their minds in this. But as I did some reflection during that time, I realized I did that to my wife. Because they go, where's this showing up in your life? And I realized like if say Sarah and Brooklyn were in an argument in the kitchen, instead of them just figuring it out or not, say that they didn't figure out and they both left the kitchen frustrated, I would tend to walk out and be like, yo, what's the problem? Yo, let's meet up. Let's talk about this. Let's figure this out. Instead of letting them both go through the process of going to their own rooms or whatever, sitting there going, man, I didn't like how that happened. And then going and handling it themselves, I would just walk in as the hero or even a little bit more clearly as I would come in and be like, Sarah, you know, like what's going Like I didn't trust that she was handling it well and I would dethrone her and I would basically cripple her parenting at times. And when I came home and I sort of like shared with the family some of the things I learned. And when I shared that particular thing, and my wife is strong as hell, dude. I don't even, my wife doesn't cry often and, and is tough, tougher than me. When I shared that, she just tears. She just started crying like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what you do. So guys, as I share this, like I started off with these six things of transformation from the year. The things that transformed me, there was some really fun ones, like going to Europe with my kids, going to Ireland with my brother, super fun. And then some of these other ones were pain is the path, like difficult, putting yourself in a situation where it's sucky, but the transformation I'm seeing in the way that it's showing up. And I tell you, like, it's still, it's going to take me years to wrestle with these things, but the way that I'm able to implement them and see them and at least have an awareness when I suck and I'm a dick, I can go back and remedy that. And every day becomes clear and it's a lifetime transformation and I'll continue to learn things. So I share these things, go do them. There's other things out there, go find them. Go on a five-day hike by yourself. Go do something. Go do something. I mean, on top of these things, I read at least, I don't know. See, this is a moment. See, I almost said I read at least two to three books a month, but I don't want to be full of shit. 
oh, so that's another thing from the fort. So I don't want to be full of shit. So I definitely read one book a month and there were some months I did read three. The Forge, there's this moment, I've got this frame right here. Let me grab it. <clears throat> there's this guy, Brent, who I've had on the podcast, Brent Crawley. I remember one time he said something to me and I just totally judged him like, dude, who the hell are you telling me anything? And then later in the Forge event, he comes up and he puts his hands on my shoulders and looks at me. He says, Ned, I am noticing you be less full of shit. And it was after I had said something in the group that was super authentic and honest and not any type of flex, right? Like we all know we say stuff to say stuff. So I'm trying when I hear myself or find myself leaning into like any kind of basic exaggeration or whatever is go just be you, just be you. Okay, I want to share this with you. As I go into a new year, and I highly, 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 highly recommend this. As I go into a new year, I mean, I've been kind of working on this one. I have an hour here, two hours there is planning for the new year. So I wrote down about five things I do as I think through the new year. And this isn't, I mean, shoot, have New Year's resolutions, but this is very intentional reflection and then planning. And, and maybe, you know, my work really slows down around this time of year. So I have the space to do it. Maybe your schedule is different, but here are the things I do. One is I read my journals. So I go through and I read my journals from the year and I see past net. What were the things I was excited about? What were the things I was wrestling with? What were the things that I notated that were of value or important? So I read through those. I make note of it. Maybe there's some things I want to bring into the new year. I review my time. So like I said, I have my dashboard and Google Sheets and I review my time and I have buckets. So I have buckets of personal, which would include like fitness and planning and finance. Then I have marriage. So intentional time, dates, intentional meetings. Then I got family. Then I got each kid too down there. Like I'm making sure I'm spending time with my kids. And then I've got my employee benefits agency. And then I've got you know, fatherhood stuff, and I have friends. So I review the time, you know, does it feel like I'm spending time in the areas that I want to spend time in? Then I review my calendar, I look back over the year, and I kind of look, okay, what were the days I was gone? How much did I travel? What were some of the highlights from the year? Fathers, quick interruption here. Do you struggle with the sense that you are not stepping into the fullness of your role as a father? Do you regularly wrestle with feeling inadequate as a father? I would love to connect and encourage you over a one-on-one -on -one Zoom call. You can grab a time with me at www.rebelandcreate.com forward slash connect. Take a few minutes to talk life, fatherhood, and I will share several resources that will support you on your adventure of fatherhood. Now back to the conversation. And then number four is I review my goals. Okay. I review what were my goals from last year? Where did I hit the mark? Which ones are no longer relevant to me? Which ones did I exceed? Which ones did I make it partway there? And one thing I do is, is as I'm planning my goals for the next year, or if I'm reviewing my one year, five year, 10 year goals, one of the things I like to do in that is put my kids ages. So say I was like, I'm going to double my business or I'm going to double my sales. So, so I'm going to double the amount of sales calls I made, which isn't what I'm doing. But say that's what I was going to do. So I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going to go to work double time. And then I put down, oh, my kid's going to be 19. When I hit that goal, oh, crap, do I really want to spend double the amount of time making sales calls over one year? What if I spread that over two or three years? So I'm not taking away time for my kids because my kid's going to be 19 and they're not going to live here anymore. Or a 10 year goal. Okay, 10 years from now, my daughter's going to be 27. 
And if she's 27, chances are she's probably going to be married. She's probably going to have a kid. So am I setting myself up on these goals that I'm going to be available? I'm going to be the grandfather I want to be. So when you're thinking about future goals, don't just think about you. Think about how many years will you have been married? What do you want to do for your 25th? What do you want to do for your 30th? Start planning, thinking about that. So that's really helpful. Number five is just sit, just think, refocus, set an intention for the new year. You can only do that if you carve out the space. If right now, after this podcast, I was to go sit, I would really probably just lean into like fatherhood stuff around my adventure of fatherhood and rebel and create and whatnot. So you got to carve out some space where you're free of whatever's influencing you today. If I hit the gym and then I go straight into planning, I'm probably gonna be like, oh dude, I just want to go all in on fitness. So carving out some time, I like to sit next to the ocean or a lake or a river, something about running water. Then once I have my intention and goals set for the new year, What I do is I really think through how much time do I want to spend in these areas? And then I create a week plan for the quarter. Week as in W-E-E-K. So I create a week plan. So what does my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday look like? When am I available for meetings? When am I available for this, that, and the other? If fitness is important, when am I doing those? And so I just create a framework. So this is important. Well, shooting at, I don't know what I'm doing in four weeks. Well, if you have a basic idea of your job, you could create a a framework, meaning I get up every day at five, I go to bed every day at 10, and then there's hours in between there. What do I do from five to six in the morning and from nine to 10 at night, as an example? So you could say, I read every Monday night from nine to 10, okay? There might be a Monday where something comes up and that's not possible. That's fine. That's fine. We're not trying to hit perfection every day. We're just creating a framework that I operate in. And then in a quarter, I reevaluate it and go, is this framework working for me? Or now we're stepping into summer or we're stepping into Christmas or we're whatever. So that is how I think through and plan for my new year. The other thing I do, and if you want this, I can send it to you. I've sent it to a few people. My friend, Justin Donald, he wrote Lifestyle Investor, incredible book. He has a six or seven page annual planning that he does with his wife. And so Sarah and I, we're actually going out tomorrow to sit down and review some of our goals from 2020. I mean, we kind of did this at the marriage transformation event, but just relooking at those goals. So if you want that, you can email me net at rebel and create.com. And I could send you that document for you and your wife spouse to go out and ask each other some questions, help set some intention for the year. So that's something else. Okay. What is on? So since I've done some planning, I've looked through my intention for the year and I'm going to share what does 2024 focus look like and why and what will I do? Okay, so here's a great example. Something that I'm continuously working on is listening, is to listen. In a conversation, am I listening to what they're saying or am I thinking about what I want to say? And so if I were to have kind of a word focus for the year, it would be listening and it's already on my calendar for the next 90 days, is that from 5 to 5.30 a.m., I'm going to have my coffee, and I'm going to sit outside, and instead of talking to God, I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to sit there, and I'm going to listen. And so that's the way that I'm going to set the tone. Now, that's one of those things where it's like, well, is that a smart goal? It's not really a goal. It's more of a focus or an intention. At the end of 90 days, what's the gauge? It's not like I said I had $10, and I want to turn it into 100 Like, that'll be very clear. Okay, check this out. Here's the next thing. 
over this last year, I realized I can be obsessive. I can get obsessed about something. Right now, I'm a little obsessed about getting a mini ramp at our house. And so I could find myself dwelling on this, like as I'm falling asleep, as I'm waking up, I can find myself obsessed about something. So in this new realization of my need to think on something throughout the day, I want to be obsessed with my family this year. So I really want to be obsessed with them. So what does that mean? Knowing them. Okay, I want to know them and be present with them. And so I'm going to give you a couple examples of what this looks like. So I know the writings on the wall that Brooklyn will be moving out and going to college after her senior year. So the other night, we're sitting on the couch and she's reading a book and I'm like, oh, I'm reading something. So I'm gonna go grab it and sit on the couch and read with her. And so as I'm sitting there, I'm reading. And after like 10 minutes, I can find myself starting to go like, dude, go do something different because whatever. And I'm like, no, I want to be here. I want to be here right now. So I turned to Brooke. I'm like, yo, I really love just sitting here reading the Christmas trees up, whatever. Another example is last night come in. I want to connect with Violet and she's laying on the beanbag. I'm like, yo, what do you want to do? She's like, we're teenagers. We just want to lay here and do nothing and hang out. So I lay there on the beanbag and we're just sitting kind of talking about the day. I'm starting to feel like, not that I'm bored, but like, what are we doing? Because I can find myself wanting to do. It's just so ha- we started sharing music. Oh, what are you listening to? What? And so we, for like an hour, it went from sharing songs we're listening to, to watching Justin Bieber videos and laughing on YouTube. And so my point is, I want to be obsessed with my family. So when I find moments to be present in just being, right, just being, not doing, I want to lean in to those moments. Um, okay, 2024 focus again, C- Brooklyn senior year, making the most. I had a business trip she was speaking at chapel. And it's like, I am making every effort. I was at almost every volleyball game. I flew home a day early to come hear her talk at chapel, just really leaning into any moment. So when she asks something, I want to say yes. And then like, she's having a party here at the house tomorrow, like Christmas party with friends. So just being there again for it. And not that I got to be involved in everything, but creating the space for her to be a teenager and enjoy being a senior in our home. Okay. So Something else I realized this year, which is so funny, if somebody asked me to write down 10 characteristics, I would not have written this one down. It's intense. So it's come up in a few things this year, Ned, you're intense. And it's funny because when it first came up, I came to my wife, I'm like, yo, they told me I'm intense. And she's like, yeah, totally. And, And she started laughing. Like, you don't think you're intense? I'm just like, I never thought about it. She's like, yeah, you're intense. Oh, I know why this came up. Because I was talking with my spiritual mentor, Nathan, He's like, dude, you're being too intense about this particular thing. Like, it's great to be intense, but what are you intense about? So this new idea around, okay, 2024, I'm intense. So what will I be intense about? I want to be intense about these things. I'll share what they are. And then when I find myself intense about something else, back off and be like, yo, I don't need to be intense about this thing. So three things I put down that I want to be intense about, they're metrics. So these are specific. Adventure of fatherhood, I want to reveal to... 1,000 men who they are. So through the podcast and through, there we go, I'm making, no, it's specific. I want 1,000 dudes to go through my online 30-day course so they can see who they are. So that's the metric that I want to be intense about that. The second one is Rise Up Kings and I are launching a company together called Ruck Fitness, Rise Up Kings Fitness. It's launching January 1st. I want to be intense about that. I want 300 men to transform their bodies and be on a new path of a lifetime of health and physical training. It's so exciting. 
And so important. I want to be intense about that because when you see a man who's sitting at 30% body fat and doesn't respect himself or feel good about himself when he looks in the mirror and he wants depth of connection with himself, with his wife, with his kids, this is a reality. And I'll just share this with you guys, something I've been thinking about. A couple things. Okay, when it comes to fitness, Okay, so like a lot of these men's groups have these four pillars and then and you can kind of find them and Rise Up Kings is the same, but you could find them anywhere. Like what matters to you? Faith. Okay, cool. Faith matters to you. Fitness. Okay, yep. Fitness. Finances or business. Yep. Finance. Yeah, totally. And family. Yeah, family matters. Yeah, big. Yeah, totally matters to me. So the thing is, is when you look at these four pillars, let's just carve out fitness for a moment. Faith. I could be a total liar. You'll have no idea whether I'm close to God or not, what my thoughts are, what I do when no one's around. My finances, I could have a podcast and talk all about finances and give you all these great tools and be suck at it. And you would have no real idea whether I'm good or bad, not good or bad, that's the wrong thing. If I know what I'm talking about or if actually I know what I'm doing. Same with family. It's like, dude, I could be on here, even fatherhood, and my kids could hate my guts. My kids could think I could be terrible to them. I could be terrible to my wife. And really, other than what you hear me say on here, you'd have no no idea, right? Whether it's true or not. Now, obviously over 10 years, if my family's fallen apart, then they would probably be pretty clear that I probably wasn't really living up to all those things. But here's the thing about the fitness piece and why it's so important to me for men to lean into this as you can't be a liar. If you say fitness is important to you, you'll know just by looking at me, whether that's true or not, it requires you to, if you're going to be disciplined and transform you to be authentic and honest, you can't lie. You just can't lie about it. I could have a cheat meal or a cheat drink now and again, no problem. That's not a problem anyways. But if really I'm eating donuts every day and I'm really not hitting those workouts, I'm just posting pictures of me from six months ago. When you look at me, you'll know, you'll know whether it's true or not. Okay, so another intense metric, third one is very specific. I'm at 183 pounds right now. I'm at 13.8 body fat percentage. I want to weigh 190 at the end of the year and still be at that between 13 and 15% body fat. I want to be intense about that. Now I will say I'm having a little fun eating some cookies the next week or so until January 1 shows up. <laughs> Enjoy that Christmas time. All right. Some other goals, so some other things that are in focus, and I love this. My friend Ali asked this question, what's in focus for you? And I think that's really important, you guys. Like Everything can't be important. What is in focus for you? And so a couple other things that are in focus for me when I look at my goals every week, an area is that now that I see my wife more clearly from the work this year is I see some of her goals and want to create space what's important to her in the house, what's important to her for connection. And so I see more clearly and I don't want to fill up all my space where I'm not having space, time, money, energy, resources to do the things that are important to her. The second one is I have surf 100 times in five different places. So meaning I want to surf 100 times and I want to do at least hit five places. So beach here, Huntington Beach, maybe fly over to Oahu with my son. I want to just surf five different places but I want to be in the water a hundred times. Well, the last one is something I'm realizing is cultivating friendships on the island. We were just at an event this last week. And I was like, yo, I feel like I'm not really connected. It's because I've been gone. I've been traveling. I haven't put the work and intention to have the depth of being able to walk into a home or walk into church. And yeah, I mean, it's like, yo, what's up? Good to see you, whatever. But to go, hey, how's this? Or how's your job? Or how was it last week when you did this or that? You know, like really knowing people. There is a difference there. So my friends, transformation, transformation, transformation. 
that is what we're on the path of, as well as being, moving away from just doing the right thing and being. And I'll leave you with this. I'll leave you with this scripture that has really been impactful to me lately. And I don't even know who brought it to my attention. So big shout out to whoever that was. But Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20, God's talking to the people. And he says, yo, today, today I put before you life and death, blessing or curse. Choose life so that the people may live. And I love that it's not so that you will live, not just you, but that you and I have opportunity every day to bring life into the world through our words, our actions, our thoughts. And sometimes I think, whoa, that seems excessive, life or death, but go, okay, what about peace or chaos? Okay, peace being life and chaos being death. Through the way I show up in my house when work's over today to when I show up somewhere, am I walking in bringing peace or am I bringing chaos? Or, okay, let's even use another word disconnection. Am I bringing connection or like a disconnected? So if you're disconnected, you're not being a part of the growth of people, of yourself. And so as we step into this new year, as we step into these days, let's you and I bring life, peace, and connection. And what's the opposite? Okay, so this is a currency, I would say. A currency is life and death. It's a reality too. The opposite is, and what I've lived a lot of my life, I feel like is based on what's good and what's bad. Am I being good? Am I being bad? Are they being good? Are they being bad? And it puts me as the judge to go, I'm judging whether what I'm doing is good or what I'm doing is bad. And I really, I need a metric. So I'm usually going to compare to somebody else. And so that doesn't lead me to very much energy or very much positivity or very much growth when I'm constantly in this comparison of did I do good or did I do bad? And then I'm also judging everyone else around me in that way. But if my desire is to walk into a room, walk into a situation, walk into life, life, there you go, bringing peace, bringing connection, then my purpose is deep. My purpose is not about necessarily me. And the way that I know that I will feel if I bring peace in life is like, I will feel more alive. And so think about that today. Today set before you is life and death, blessing and curse. If you choose life, the people will live. And going back to that, it's not just you will live, but the people around you will live. So fathers, as we bring life and peace and connection into our homes, it's not just about us living. It's about those around us living. All right, my dudes, blessing on you. Blessing on you. Pause and reflect on this past year. Look at the good. Look at the bad. (laughs) There you go. So natural. So natural. Look at the things that brought life and look at the things that brought chaos. But some of the things that may seem chaotic, look at them and see what is the meaning you're putting behind it? How can that bring you life? What do you mean by that, Ned? If there was something stressful that happened, there's always the opportunity. See, I don't want to say for good to come out of it because I hate that. Like good will come out of this situation. No, the situation was shit maybe. And that's okay to say, but the meaning and what I'm going to take out of this situation is I'm going to choose to find life in it. I'm going to choose to allow myself to grow through even the painful, the stressful, the hard situations. Dudes, if this matters to you, write a review. Please write a review. It helps spread the word that fatherhood matters. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. I look forward to hanging out with you next time.